Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Big 12 media days just took place the past couple days of this week. What did we learn about our UCF Knights as we head into the Big 12? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hope everybody has had a good week. Um, Obviously, again, different setup. I am trying some new things. I'm testing some different stuff out. Again, I appreciate the comments on the last episode saying the echo wasn't, they they couldn't notice it. I notice it. I am next to a window right now, so if you hear some stuff, hopefully I can edit and post. Um, But I am testing a new place right now. I had a flag. I wanted to incorporate the flag. Uh, Not in love with it. We're going to test some new stuff out. Um, but listen, if the best thing you get out of this podcast podcast every week is, I guess, you know, you come in not knowing where I'm going to be, then I guess there's progress. Hopefully the echo isn't bad. I think it it should be pretty minimal at this point. Um, and, and we'll get it, you know, a hundred percent here soon, but I apologize if you guys don't even want to hear my, my spiels about where I'm going to be, but I appreciate you uh, stopping by and supporting the channel, the Charge On channel. Uh, it's been insane, the support we've gotten from UCF fans and the stuff that's been in the works for some time now. Um, and I know with the season coming up, it's only going to keep growing. So I appreciate all of Night Nation uh, for supporting this show. Uh, it really means a lot to all of us here at Charge On. So thank you very much. Uh, but let's get into it. I mean, Big 12 Media Day, it's starting to feel real, guys. I mean... The hype, the excitement, everything that we've been waiting for over the past couple years is starting to come to fruition. And, you know, I'm not going to say that over the last, I don't know, year and a half, it didn't feel real, but it kind of, I think it's starting to hit me specifically, and I'm sure a lot of Knights fans, it started to really hit me these past couple days where... UCF's logo is is all over AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Uh, you have all of our players and, and Gus, you know, getting interviewed and us getting talked about nationally. I think it, it's starting to hit in now. Right now is where I'm starting to get the excitement of this is real. This is legit. UCF is a power five team. And not saying I didn't feel before, but now it's just that time where stuff's starting to happen. Just like, I don't think, even our first three games, right, technically we'll be in the Big 12, but I don't think it's really going to hit me until week four or five. Playing K-State, and then especially week five against Baylor. First home game, playing a Big 12 team. I think that's when it will officially sink in. And I know we'll have the Big 12 logo on the field, and 
you know, I, it'll be on our patch on the jersey. Like, I understand that. But I think it won't feel 100% legit and real until we get one of those type of games, if you know what I mean. That's kind of the moment where I'm like, okay, this is legit. This is for real. And it's starting this week at Media Day. And the Big 12 Media Day was two days of, you know, interviews with teams Obviously, there's 14 teams in the Big 12 as of right now, and there was a lot that we I learned at, from other teams about kind of how they're going about this season. Um, I found the West Virginia interview with their head coach to be very enlightening, especially with West Virginia coming in as ranked the worst team in the Big 12, and so the coach had a really good um, comeback. He said, clearly all of the uh, preseason uh, predicting in the big 12 he he's loving that they're in this spot because the preseason polls have been completely wrong the last couple of years which i thought was a very funny way of come, going about it your team finishing last but i think there was a lot of great answers and questions and what a great event by the big 12 in arlington i'm glad that the championship game got signed to 20 uh, through 2030 um, because i think having the big 12 championship game there is huge for the conference and Again, if I'm a Big 12 student and I'm, you know, trying to get to that championship game, you know, I I personally, I do love having the championship game. Like with the American, it was great to be able to host the championship game if you had that best record. But there is nothing like going to especially AT&T Stadium and, and having a championship game. So I'm sure the Knights will get there uh, sooner than we think. But let's talk about the Knights media days. And, and I think... Listen, as Knights fans, we hear kind of very similar answers constantly. I think this was mainly for obviously the national media and the national brand of the Big 12 to learn a little bit more about UCF and learn about what we have to offer. But I will say there was a little bit more pep in the step of Gus, especially um, and a couple of the players. Um, I'm going to have some clips kind of ready to go so that you can hear. Um, if you want to watch these full kind of interviews from the Big 12 Media Days, they were on ESPN Plus so I can, and ESPNU, uh, and it was like middle of the day. So I understand if some of you guys didn't go see it. Uh, if you want to watch the full versions of these clips, go to the UCF Knights uh, YouTube channel. I'll link it down below, and they put the full version of it so you can get all of the answers. But I highlighted very specific answers that I found very interesting and I want to talk about more. Uh, let's start about with Gus Malzahn. Obviously, he was the man of the hour. He had a bunch of interviews at Big 12 Media Day. And he talked a lot about very specific things. He was definitely boasting about UCF as a whole. Uh, he talked about being in the Big Four and why he believes that. But I first want to start off with the, our favorite topic, which is Gus talking about John Rice Plumley. And this is going to be a wide-ranging conversation because I heard this multiple times at Big 12 Media Day from all of the players, especially Javon Baker. Um, but let's hear what Gus Malzahn has to say about his quarterback, John Rice Plumley. But he is a complete um, different quarterback right now than he was. It's like nine days. So I'm very excited. Um, you know, when we've had a chance to win championships and play for national championship, we've had quarterbacks with his skill set, and I feel really good about where he's at right now. What Night and day. Night and day. And I will say, I heard that multiple times. Uh, Javon Baker in one of his interviews, I forgot, um, I think it was with one of BYU's um, podcasters or radio guys. Javon Baker was on, 
um, and they were asking him about John Rice Plumley, and he said it's it's completely different. It's night and day. Um, he talked about saying, if I want the ball right here, I told him I want the ball right here, 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 and he puts it exactly where I want it. So I think that's a credit to Darren Henshaw, and, and we'll talk. We'll go into what John Rice has said about Darren Henshaw a little bit later, but to hear that same sentiment throughout everybody. Now, again, as UCF fans, it is just talk. Like, what else are they going to say about the starting quarterback on the roster? Like, oh, no, but same old John Rice Plumley. We talked about it. There is nobody more dynamic in this conference than John Rice Plumley. If he has made those improvements, and we assumed he would. It's year two being a full-time quarterback. Working with Gus Malzahn for a year. Working with this offense for a year. Now, granted, the offense is going to look a little bit different, but there are going to be similar aspects that we saw last year. And to hear Gus Malzahn even say, it's like night and day, you know, that bodes well for UCF fans to be like, we might have something here. We all knew John Rice could do it. He's proven it in the games last year. It was A, can we keep him healthy? And B, can he throw the ball down the field? And I think the accuracy was a problem last year. And Gus even brought it up. And I don't have the clip, but Gus literally said, like, we ran him too much last year. Like, health is huge. And yeah, we just ran him too much. And we're going to look to throw the ball down the field and making sure we're running the ball more with the running backs and, and not giving a beating. Because at the end of the day, guys, John Rice is your quarterback. If John Rice gets banged up, Listen, I believe in the other quarterbacks on this roster, but if we look at the quarterback room as a whole, nobody comes close to John Rice Plumley at this point in time. You don't have a guy that's going to come in and make that same impact. So you have to keep him kind of as healthy as you can, and obviously his speed is one of his strengths. You don't want to make John Rice Plumley a pure pocket passer because that's just not who he is. But if you can get him out of the pocket in specific moments – and let and call plays designing for him to run the ball, then I think you can be ultra successful. But Gus even said it. They ran with him too much last year, and that hurt him late in the season when they needed him to be healthy, and he just wasn't. I think UCF wins that championship game if John Rice is healthy. They came close enough with him, you know, kind of barely even playing. So I think that's a great sign, and we'll talk about John Rice here in a little bit. But I want to talk about Two more things, recruiting and the depth. Uh, let's get into the depth really quick. Gus briefly talked about the depth on the Knights roster and how crucial that is, especially, listen, with any conference, but especially in a Power 5 conference. We've had enough time to prepare. We've known we were coming to the league for over a year. You have to have quality depth on the offensive line and the defensive line to have a chance when you move up. And we've been working really hard. And I feel really good today telling you going into fall camp that we're going to have quality depth on both sides of the football. And really, that's the key, um, you know, I think, to, to moving up a level and having a chance to win a championship. Now, one thing. You have to have quality depth in any league that you are in. Now, granted, in the American, and again, I'm not speaking down on the American. In the American, sometimes you can get away with not having quality depth. If a player goes down, you know, you can have a backup come in and do a decent job and still be good enough to win the game. In a Power 5 conference, if your team does not have quality depth, most likely you're at the bottom of whatever conference you are in, whether that's SEC, ACC, Big 12, it, it doesn't matter. 
you have to have quality depth. And Gus is 100% right. Offensive and defensive line. And we saw that in the offseason. UCF added a ton of transfer portal guys, a ton of incoming freshmen to that offense and defensive line. Listen, you lose guys, right? Matt Lee. You replace with Bula Schmidt. Now, to, if Bula starts is is a question to be answered, right? But you add guys like Amari Kite, right? You add guys on that offense and defensive line from either really top schools or underrated guys that you know are going to be really good at a higher level. So I think when you look at what UCF has done in the offseason and the past the offseason before that, it has always been designed at creating quality depth for this moment. Because God forbid, if one of your top offensive linemen goes down, you have a backup that is really serviceable and is could be a starter at, you know, 50 other schools. So I think that's 100% right, and the staff has done a great job of creating that quality depth, especially for this year. And we're going to talk into this really quick about going to the Big 12 being a game changer. Gus talked about it being a game changer and talked about why UCF is kind of a sleeping giant. And Terry Mahajer, I actually loved Terry Mahajer said that he actually, or not Terry Mahajer, excuse me. Somebody was interviewing Terry Mahajer and said that they find the term sleeping giant disrespectful because they believe UCF has already been here. They've already awoken. And though I agree to a point, I don't find it disrespectful because I think some people say, oh, UCF is a sleeping giant. It's a term of endearment, right? Saying this place is going to be special. We are already special, but I get why people say that because they we're not there yet, right? And that's the honest answer. UCF is not at the level of recruiting as a Florida, as a Florida State, as Miami. That's a fact. There's no trying to deny that. There's a reason Florida, Florida State, and Miami are at the top of recruiting classes. Now, when it translates to wins, that's a different story. Florida State is now just kind of starting to turn it around. I'm happy for Florida State. Uh, Coach Norvell has done a great job there. But UCF has been consistently good over the past however many years. Again, you could say, oh, they were in a Power 5 conference. I think the quality of opponents UCF has played shows that I think if you put some of the those other schools in the American, they probably do the same thing. So UCF has always been a special place, and they're just on the rise now. They've been on the rise, but they're starting to hit, you know, they're on that roller coaster, right? We look at where UCF started in 79 and where they've kind of elevated to as of right now. They've just been going up that roller coaster track, and they're not they're not even at their peak yet. They're just about to the peak, and it's where are you going from here? You've just reached the power five. How much higher can you go? So I really liked what Gus said here, and I really want you guys to hear it and hear exact. They mentioned the power four and stuff like that. So let's hear what Gus has to say about going to the Big 12 and it being a game changer. It's a game changer. Uh, you know, we're in Orlando, one of the best places in the country to live. The best brands in the world are there. There's no NFL team. And so the sky's the limit as far as potential. We're the biggest school or one of the biggest enrollments in the country. So everything is set up. And they played great football before we got here. I mean, we can't forget that. You know, they've won two out of the last three New Year's Six Bowl games the last nine years. So we inherited a program that was already top-notch. And now we're set up, I really believe, to take that next step. Getting ready to take the next step. And I want to play this one too. I want to play this one too along with that. 
because I think they go hand in hand. But here's Gus also talking about that same kind of idea of this is going to be a game changer for the program and what the program is starting to do now, especially in recruiting. Uh, that's exactly who we compete against, you know, the, the other three teams in our state for recruits. Uh, the last two years, you know, back-to-back, we've had the best recruiting uh, classes in the history of the school. And now I really f- feel like we're fixing to blow the top off that. So things are going going very well, but a lot of it has to do with this conference. 2024 and 2025, we've been talking about that on this show. I think getting that Power 5 mantra has really helped UCF in the recruiting game. And we've seen that. We've seen that this year specifically, and we're seeing it start in 2025. And I think Gus knows that. And what Gus is saying is simple. Like, yeah, when I got here, we were in the American Conference. There were some players that, listen, we recruited. We just know we were never going to get them because we didn't have that Power 5 label. And now we do, and we're winning some. We're winning recruiting battles. And again, the blue bloods, the blue bloods of Florida, Florida State, Miami, they don't want to admit that. They don't want to say, oh, UCF is, you know, an adversary. UCF can get some of these players. They just say, oh, UCF's getting the players we don't want. And that's just simply not true. So I think what Gus is saying is is honest. And it's it's happening. The sooner, and I keep saying this on the podcast, the sooner these teams understand that it's already happening the sooner it will be to go to sleep at night content. And that's straight up honest. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm excited. Gus had some really good answers. He seemed very fired up. And you could just tell the respect that Gus Malzahn has, not just in the college football world, but in the Big 12 scape. He was talked about by many coaches about how respected Gus is, how you know they look up to Gus, and to have him as the head coach going in to this inaugural Big 12 season, I think it's huge. It, it helps UCF's brand as a whole and gives UCF a different look. Not saying that it was a bad look years ago. Just saying it, people take UCF seriously, which is really good, especially when you're going to a conference like this. Let's talk about JRP and Coach Darren Hinshaw. JRP, obviously... W- w- I think a lot of UCF fans are kind of changing their tune. They're starting to like the idea of JRP, possibly because they don't have a better option on the roster. But JRP showed, and we've talked about it, he showed a lot in this past year. I don't think a lot of quarterbacks can do what John Rice Plumley did. Especially, hadn't played the position for a while, came in, started the full year, got banged up, learned a new system. I think it was impressive. Now, he's got a new offensive coordinator. Gus gave up those duties to focus on other facets with the NIL scape and everything that he needs to do as head coach. And JRP and Coach Henshaw seem to have found or figured out something, still learning. But here's what JRP had to say on Coach Darren Henshaw. Yeah, Coach Henshaw has been great. Uh, only had him through the spring so far. And so uh, still learning each other a little bit, but he has been awesome for me. Um, <clears throat> learning underneath him, obviously him playing the position helps a ton. You know, he kind of knows the things that, that you're going through in the pocket, um, working through uh, progressions and stuff like that. Um, but he has been really, really good and super, super excited to have a season with him. I think the big thing is obviously having a quarterback, a former quarterback, be your offensive coordinator. I think John Rice Plumlee, we've talked about it. He's kind of needed that. He's kind of needed, and not saying Gus couldn't 
fix these things. But I think last year it was go, go, go. You came in, we got to go, we got to teach you the offense. A lot of the mechanical stuff, I think this spring has been perfect for JRP to really sit and learn from a guy that's played the position and teaching him certain stuff about his footwork. We've said it on this show. It was mainly, some of the problems with John Rice Plumley last year was mainly him trying to figure out the right read. Do I run here? Do I throw here? Do I get out of the pocket here? Where do my feet need to be? And his feet, a lot of the times, were not in the right place, especially when making those deep throws, which caused him to be inaccurate. I think that relationship between John Rice and Coach Henshaw can really tap into some stuff here. And we've been hearing it. Like I said, like Javon Baker seemed, when he was talking about John Rice, he said, it's literally, he said, it's night and day. It is a complete year one to year two. The, the, is leaps and bounds from year one. And you hope to hear that. It's like when you draft a guy in whatever draft, NBA, NFL, you would hope the year one to year two jump is noticeable. If you're seeing a very similar player, then you kind of start to think, what is this guy's ceiling? Because if he hasn't made that big jump, we're probably in trouble. And to hear that John Rice from year one to year two has made that significant leap, Again, as a UCF fan, it excites you, and you're excited to see what Darren Henshaw can do with this offense, especially with the deep ball. Let's talk about running game, though, because I think we all, and trust me, you will not find bigger R.J. Harvey fans than the Charge On podcast. We clamored for weeks. Listen, we love Isaiah Bowser, but there was clearly, he was not the same running back as he was the year before, and we clamored for more on R.J. Harvey. And we're definitely going to get that this year. He's RB1 going in. And here's what JRP had to say about RJ Harvey. We really like what he had to say because it's so true about his skill set and how smart of a player he is and kind of what type of running back he is, which is going to make him very dangerous. Uh, I think if RJ just be, it just keeps being RJ, uh, the kid is special. He, he He's... Uh, as it can be a big physical running back when needed, uh, but then also he can outrun you to the edge. And um, I think that uh, that a lot of guys don't have that like R.J. does. And um, obviously his wisdom of the game uh, to understand protections and schemes is, is unbelievable as well. And so super excited for him in the season that he's going to have. Obviously former quarterback was going to Virginia, switches here, now running back, had a great year last year. And I like what J.R.P. said, right? Like, to be able to be that physical bruiser that can just go up the middle and get a bunch of yards, but can also cut it to the outside and, you know, beat those linebackers, those defensive linemen, and get out to the edge and just beat guys with his speed. I think to have a mix of both is crucial. And I think you might see that out of DeMarcus Bowman this year. I think DeMarcus Bowman's a little bit smaller, obviously, than RJ, but I think Speed-wise, I think they're very comparable. And to see what R.J. Harvey can do this year, obviously after the year he had last year, I think is going to be pretty special. Because I know running the football is going to be a staple in Coach Hinshaw's offense. He did at UAB. He's going to do it here at UCF. So it's exciting to see what R.J. Harvey can do. And again, for all the running backs, Johnny, uh, Jordan, Demarcus, It'll be very intriguing to see kind of how they're mixed in and what kind of, you know, we're seeing out of them. 
I think the first three weeks are very crucial to see kind of how the running game is going to go, how it's going to progress, who's going to be playing a lot. We know RJ's RB1, but is it going to be very similar to last year? Are they going to split reps kind of between RJ and DeMarcus? Or or where's Johnny going to fit into this? Is it going to be a lot like last year where, you know, Johnny's kind of used as that running back wide receiver hybrid where, you know, in passing situations, you bring out Johnny. So, It'll be very intriguing. I think the running back room, obviously, I've said is one of the, I would contend, top five in the nation. And once people figure that out, just watch out. Just watch out. All right, we got one more. We're going to talk about a little about the, about the defense. Josh Selleskar talked about defensive uh, new defensive coordinator, Addison Williams. And again, we've loved what Addison Williams has been doing on the recruiting trail. Has been picking up a bunch of top guys. Uh, in the 24 class, I can only assume he's going to pick some monsters up in the 25 class. We're waiting to hear from a couple guys. Uh, Brandon Jacobs, I think that's another one that could potentially go off the board. If Coach Addison Williams gets that, that'll be insane. Um, but hearing a guy like Josh Seliscar, like, listen, I there's no ifs, ands, or buts. The guys loved Travis Williams, right? He had to move on to Arkansas. We get it. But... We were intrigued. We knew that Coach Addison Williams is an up-and-coming guy. We knew that the DBs loved you know, Addison Williams and what he brought to the table. But to hear kind of his mindset going into this Big 12 year, I think is very enlightening. So here's Josh Saliscar on new defensive coordinator Addison Williams. Uh, Coach Addison, he's just he's a great guy. I just feel like with him, he's always said like um, the standard is the standard is not changing. So with us... The standard is the standard. So we have to always work hard every day, never take anything for granted as a team, as a defense. We always have to just hold each other accountable and just make sure that we just um, upheld in the um, standard. The standard is the standard. Not gonna, It's not going to change. You're going to keep the same standard. Now, do I expect Addison Williams to switch some stuff up? Absolutely. I think... One of the common themes is in-game adjustments. I think that's crucial. I think there were times last year and the times the last couple of years that we wouldn't make adjustments that were needed, right? If a quarterback's killing us on the run, you have to make adjustments. And it seems like that wasn't where it needed to be the last couple of years, right? Um, blitzing. I think... Y- you have to pick and choose when to rush a bunch of guys because when you just rush constantly a bunch of guys, you might be leaving somebody wide open on the back end. So I think Addison Williams is smart, and he and you could tell just by the way the players talk about him that he knows what he's doing, and he is a rising star in this coaching profession that he's he's been doing. I think it'll just be interesting to see what the defensive schemes are, to see kind of how he runs that defense. And that's, I think, my biggest question mark. The talent on the defensive end is legit. The depth is legit. When you got a guy like John Walker coming off the bench as a freshman, I mean, you get excited. Lee Hunter and Ricky Barber up front, you get excited. Josh Seliscar, Tramon Morris Brash. I think, obviously, the big question is is going to be the secondary. But when you hear about Jair Wilson and how he's kind of come out in the spring... You get excited. So it, you take all of that into account and say, if these guys have a really good defensive scheme 
and you have a good DC that can really put it all together and put you guys in the right positions to make plays, again, for the people just putting UCF eighth or saying, hey, they'll be the best out of the four, I think the the floor, the floor for UCF is six wins, is a bowl game. The ceiling, I could, I, it might be 10 wins. That's if everything goes well. If everything goes great, you might see a 10 and 2 football team. Now, I am by no means saying that. I gave you my predictions. I'll give you my predictions when I get up closer to the season in about a month and a half, right? But if everything goes how it's supposed to, this roster is good enough to get it done. And they've got some stiff competition, let me tell you. Some stiff competition, especially on the road. You have to go play in some hostile environments. And it'll be good to see if our guys can handle that. Because one thing that we've known is on the road for UCF over the past couple years, it has not been the same team. You could tell there was a dip. I think last year there was a big win, right? You go to Tulane, you get that big win during the regular season. But you also went to ECU and completely crapped the bet. And you're not going to ECU this year. You're going to Oklahoma. You're going to K-State. Those are some tough environments to play in. So the defense is going to be the first key. If the defense is legit, if the offense is having an off game, the defense can save you. And that's why you need to have both. And that's why to be one of the best teams in the country, you got to have elite on both sides of the ball. But I think, honestly, it was a great Big 12 media day. It was really fun to to listen and to watch and just to see the news coming out. Um, we didn't even get to talk about the... Uh, the ACC signing a deal with the CW. Whoa. We thought it was going to be the Pac-12 having to go to the CW, not the ACC. If you heard my episode a couple weeks ago, about a month or so ago, go check that out. I said, the ACC is a dead man walking. And somebody on Twitter said, uh, oh, they put on good sporting events. Live golf. Like, it's great. I'm like, okay, buddy. Okay. The ACC is dead. They are a dead man walking. I just don't know what the Pac-12... Like, the Pac-12 is deader, for sure, because they can't even get a media rights deal. It's crazy. Guys, we got some exciting stuff coming up in a couple weeks. we got recruits that could be committing. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, we might have some special guests. We're, 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 trying to, we're trying to get some special guests on here that... Uh, schedules. Schedules are the problem, but... We will be getting some special guests on here very soon uh, with some great interviews, great conversations. And hopefully next week we can get Nick and Rob back on uh, because hopefully we'll have some commitments next Friday, which will be great. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. So stay on the lookout for that. All right, guys. Appreciate it again. Appreciate all the support. It means a lot. If you can, please, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, 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 subscribe. Uh, we're trying to hit a certain number of subscribers. We've been loving all the subscriptions recently. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just appreciate all the support as always. And please come back next week because we got some big news to talk about again. All right, guys, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.